Hey guys, thanks for listening to Biz on the Balcony. Today's episode, we are joined by Tim McKernan. He is the president of InsideSTL.com, based here in St. Louis. He's also the host of the Ryan Kelly Morning After on 590 The Fan, and he is also the host of the Tim McKernan Show podcast, which you can find online at InsideSTL.com. He joined us to talk about his career, the start of his website, InsideSTL, and uh, what he has his intentions for the website. Obviously, trying to you know change things up the way that Barstool and some of these websites are changing things up with content, with video. Uh, we kind of talked to Tim about what his idea is for the website as they continue to progress in their business. Once again, you can always follow us at Balcony Brews Pod. You can get involved in the voicemail inbox number at 314-877-8597. And if you have anybody that you think would be awesome for Biz on the Balcony, please email us, myself, TJ Weber, at WeberYaleMedia.com. That's TJ Weber at WeberYaleMedia.com or nyale at WeberYaleMedia.com. Send us over a uh, email that has in the subject line, Biz on the Balcony guest, and please let us know who you think would be great. Without further ado, here is Tim McKernan. Hi, boys. What's up? It's great to see both of you. Absolutely. It's awesome to see you. Obviously, being here and uh, getting to see... I haven't seen the new studios yet since you guys moved, actually. Oh, you haven't seen the new studio? I haven't. I've been in, like, once in the the lobby area, but I haven't actually been in the... The new digs. The new digs, yeah. The the new old digs now? Yeah. Been here for how, how long? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. So appreciate you joining us, man. We kind of started it's this, this biz on the balcony thing. It's just it's kind of a fun little, you know, getting in the the minds of some of the business people and the entrepreneurs. You know, I mean, especially in what you guys do, an interesting business yeah. of uh, not just radio and, and the behind the scenes of that, but then the podcast. Let's get started with you know Inside STL. I mean, when you guys first started. Where would where did the idea come from? Was it only you, or did you kind of have other people branching in to uh, come up with it? I was killing a non-compete from KMOV when I was weekend sports anchor and reporter there in 2005. And I'm like, man, this radio show, we started the morning grind in 2004. I'm like, this thing's got a, a following. And I thought about just, because I, I actually got the idea from Jim Rome. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he has this website where he then redirects all of his audience to the website. At the time, it was a website. And, I'm, and I think it was jimrome.com. And I'm like, we ought to do that with The Morning Grind. And I'll call it themorninggrind.com. And um, Matt Seebeck um, contacted me. And I didn't know Matt. He's, I don't know what he is, maybe like seven years younger than me, I guess. And he was a listener of the show. And he was uh, interested in building the site. I had no you know, IT background whatsoever. And he was uh, interested in building the site. So we did it together 50-50. Mm-hmm. And... I'm glad, for whatever reason, I don't know whose idea this was, but to not call it themorninggrind.com because I didn't own The Morning Grind. I didn't own the content. I didn't own the name. And so I asked some friends what they would call it, and uh, I believe it was my brother uh, who came up with the name Inside STL. And, um, And it just clicked. And then I immediately went to GoDaddy.com. Yeah. And I think I bought the domain for like fourteen dollars and eighty-five cents. Just the best. And it? now you can now if yeah. you go to you could come up with the most asinine name right now, and the domain is already oh, bought. Oh yeah, right. Because sure. I have another thing that I'm working on right now, and I'm I'm working on what to call the business, and and so I'm bouncing this off of a couple of people, and we go and look at the domain, and then this guy who would be much more 
uh, acclimated in that world goes, oh, God, that one's owned by a Ukrainian, and they're the toughest broker <laughs> yeah. guys to negotiate with. And I go, really? It's known who the toughest nationalities are to negotiate? This yeah. one's owned by an Australian. They're more reasonable. I go, what in the world is this? <laughs> That's but they're all too. like, even the mo- you wouldn't even think of some of these names that we're coming up with, and they're owned. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you know, this guy wants, well, this one's going to be at least six figures just for the domain names. Sure. Like if you want a that, .com. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. .com, like, yeah. yeah. So InsideSTL.com in 2005 was available, and I bought it up. And I specifically remember thinking, like on the off chance this thing takes, because I was just killing a one-year non-compete, yeah. and I still had like six months left in it. I'm like, it'd be good to write a journal just to like keep track of the things that I'm, you know, that wind up happening with this thing. And I didn't do it, and I really wish I would have mm-hmm. because – you learn so much, um, like you guys, you know, I'm sure from the beginning to where you are now, mm-hmm, sure. you're like, oh my God, if Night I would have known day. that. Yeah. yeah, and it's been yeah. almost 15 years now, and the things that you learn, you know, when I was in my 27, I guess, when I started it, 28, uh, that you're just in a different world. And some of these things are really basic that, mm-hmm. that you should know at, at this point, and I look back and I'm embarrassed that I didn't know them. But yeah, that's how, it's, that's how it started, it was me and Matt Seebeck, 50-50. That's interesting. So when you guys started it, you know, you mentioned being a home, and it still is the home for Ryan Kelly for the audio, after yeah. Eclipse. So what else did you have in mind, I guess, for the website going into Two it? Two main things. Um, something that now would be absolutely obsolete, probably has been obsolete for almost a decade at this point, and that was pictures of people at bars, clubs, mm-hmm. which at the, at the time, like you had the Ladue News in a live magazine in St. Louis Magazine, yeah. and it'd be like what everybody would flip to. Again, this is 2005, would be those pictures of people out. So mm-hmm. we're like, why don't we do that? And then we can do it online. And then people will be able to see it more regularly as opposed to waiting for the publication. I mean, to think that this was 15 years ago, but it sounds like something from like two centuries ago. Mm -hmm. And then secondarily, a message board. So what, you know, which which are kind of obsolete now, unless you're using Reddit or going on Tiger Mm -hmm. Board, where I know Nick's a a regular. I'm I'm all over that. (laughs) Kinds of handles. He's he's got some some weird handle. What's that guy that Plowhawk hates? It's like the- Emoji Man. Emoji Man. That's Uh, that's Nick for sure. That is definitely Nick. So those two things are kind of what social media have turned into Mm -hmm. and have made irrelevant. But at that time, those were the reasons, in addition to the morning grind, it was the morning grind, then audio, and then I wrote a column every night for like a decade, Monday through Friday, Sunday, yeah. I really? did, it's just kind of like the podcast. I'm like, I got it. People expect new guests at the start of the week every yeah. week, and we've done that for two and a half years almost now, and I did the same thing with the website. It was almost like OCD behavior. Like, I got to do it. Right. Even though if I had nothing to write, we're trying yeah. to get into the blogging thing, man. It's, yeah. it's tough. It's like you got to be so consistent. And I'm like, oh, I'm I wrote a blog last week, but it's like it was like 15 days ago. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm told it works. I don't know. I don't under. I truly don't. Since we haven't really done much with Inside STL yeah. since coming here, mm-hmm. we just have it as a place to to host the audio. But I'm told, you know, I mean, you look at the barstool model, you right? Know, that, that's help what look I was at it. Say. Sure. So it's got. There's got to be a method to it. But for what we do, it's just not something. I just have zero. I just here's why. I can't sit down and give a take if I really don't feel it. Sure. I'm just not there. I I really wasn't there ten years ago either. But I'm certainly not there now. Where I can get like really worked up about something, right? Um, like the Cardinals lineup uh, in the middle of June. Or I something. can't. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. But. During the Blues run, I could have written every single day, and I sure. probably could have written a few times a day. Um, you know, Missouri in 07 or mm-hmm. 08 or 13 or 14, I could have gotten into that. A lot of these Cardinal runs, I certainly can get into that. But, like, at this point right now, like I always say to the Cat and Doug sometimes in a commercial break, I should say, 
Um, like if we worked at 101 where you had to talk sports, to I don't know how we would God. do it. Yeah. Be so it would, boring. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have any interest in that. It's not a shot at 101. It's their format. I sure. get it. And I'm sure they're looking at whatever the hell it is that we do. <laughs> what are these guys doing? But I couldn't do that because I just don't feel that strongly about that stuff. Yeah. I just don't. Well, know? then it doesn't. it's things that intrigue you too. It's like everyday life. You know, you don't know. Where, like you guys have the show where you guys just come in and just bullshit. And that's, that's the way you want to do it because the average listener out there, I mean, like you you said before on the radio that there's some guys that enjoy the hot take sports stuff and there's a lot out there but there's also people that don't enjoy listening to cardinal talk for three hours when again it's the middle of the I think season anybody wants to hear cardinal talk for right. three hours well, I mean, it's yeah. narrow casting which yeah. is which is the exact opposite of what we're we're all taught which is broadcasting and so if you're reaching a sliver of the audience in my opinion you're not doing your job right. but but what your job is is subjective based on what you think it is, and then objective based on what the station or the media entity that you work for Mm -hmm. dictates what your job is. And from my standpoint, the job is to generate a return on investment for our advertisers, and therefore you want to reach as many people as possible to increase the probability of generating that return. And so if we were just to do that, it would be hideously boring. To Mm -hmm. me, it would be. Sure. So we kind of had this mindset a few years ago that we are only going to talk about the stuff that at least one of us is engaged in, and that's Mm -hmm. not just me, Doug or the cat or Jay or Charlie if they're filling in but you know Iggy the Plowhawk Pete uh, if one of us at least of the six is engaged in the topic we know that there's going to be a response sure but if you do that kind of surface level and I don't know if you guys have ever been in the spot where you've you've done it I've definitely done it. I haven't done it in a number of years where you're like on the air but you're just like lobbing vanilla noise mm-hmm, back yeah. and forth of just like yeah you know the Blues play tonight against the Ducks Blues in first place in the West, and boy, the Ducks have lost no three substance. in a row. The and then you go, yeah, you know, the Ducks are used to them being a pretty good team, but they've really been struggling <laughs> lately. And then, look, score, the Kings right? are also used to them being good, too, and the Sharks, and they're at the bottom of the Pacific as well. And then it's like, okay, now i got to carry the ball for the next 15 seconds, and we're saying nothing. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what I had in 2007 when Martin had quit and the Cat got fired. And it used to be where we could fill, without a commercial, we could do five hours right. if we sure. needed to, yeah. effortlessly. And then it was like, I would look at the clock and i go, oh my God, i got six minutes till I have a commercial break and I have no idea how I'm going to get from here to there. Right. right. And to me, the best kind of broadcasting, podcasting, whatever, is when you're like, man, I didn't even realize we went two hours. I feel badly I took two hours of your time, right. but we were just kind of Having just, just talking. Yeah, that's yeah. the best. That's the best. It, to me, that's the best. Oh, yeah. And your your audience is someone that's, you know, very loyal, and your show is obviously very uh, listener-heavy in terms of the, yeah, the text of messages, the, uh, the emails. How has that been? Because it's kind of been like that throughout the process, or throughout the, the morning grind and the morning after yeah that's uh i think that's relatively unique it wasn't intended uh-huh. the morning grind was intentional there was a f- there was a, a formula so to speak mm-hmm. um i remember going to the gentleman who at the time was the head of programming for clear channel which is now iheart media and i think it was uh, it was on some rams trip it might have been rams and patriots in foxborough and then they would wind up playing each other in uh, the super bowl a couple months later and I remember emailing him and saying, hey, what about a sports show that's not really a sports show, but that appeals to younger people? Because right now, yeah, there's sports talk radio, but it's like it's like the, the, the shit that we were just the making reference right. to. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't appeal to that many people. I mean, it does, but they're older. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I like the idea. This guy had take, kind of taken a liking to what we did or what I did, I guess, on television. But 
he's like, yeah, we're not in a position to do that. Mm-hmm. And so KFNS came along and put me with uh, Jay Randolph Jr. at Ridge Gould, which I'm sure to people right now go, oh, my God, that would be hilarious. But I, mean, oh, I, was, yeah. I was 25 or 6. I mean, I guess, what, what are you, Nick? 25. 25 yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm yeah. in your age range. You don't come in when you're working with guys who have been doing it for a long time mm-hmm. like you run the thing. I mean, you're kind of in a you know subservient role. Sure. And um, and I didn't come in with like these ideas. I'm kind of like I'll just get along, you know. And uh, and Rich certainly wasn't really all that active in the preparation <laughs> process. But I'm sure it was alarming. And uh, and so and I think Jay was like, "This guy's here because his dad's general sales manager." So kind of that going also. So I started working with Frank Cusimano mm-hmm. for about a year, and um, and. Um, when Frank would be on trips, I would bring the cat and Martin in to fill in. And it just worked. And Frank's show is still called the Press Box. It was called the Press Box then. And we jokingly would call it the Sandbox because that's what, like, his older <laughs> listeners, when I would be running point and yeah. Martin and the cat would come in, they'd go, these guys, they're just playing around, Frank. It's a Sandbox. And so we're like, oh, good. We'll call it the Sandbox. <laughs> the sandbox. It's like yeah. piss them off even more. <laughs> right. But then this new ownership group came in. They go, whatever that thing is that you guys do when Frank's out of town, that needs to be the new morning drive show. Wow. And that's how the thing started. And they paid us enough. They paid right. me enough anyway where I could go, okay, I hate doing TV as it is. Is mm-hmm. I'm making more now from radio. I can leave TV, and so I left TV, which was then, which then is why I had the night right, because I right, was out of right. TV for a year, which is how Inside STL came about. And that that message board, uh, in addition to emails, I wanted people's feedback at that time. You didn't have Twitter, you didn't have Facebook. I guess Facebook That's existed, true. Yeah, yeah. Right. but that was the way to do it. And we didn't have a text inbox either. And so I always valued that. And I and to me, it always struck me as obvious. I remember seeing an interview with Mark Cuban, like in the late 90s, early 2000s, where he said, I answer every email I get, and which might have been the case at the time. Sure. I can't imagine he does now. And I just thought, and I still do it to this day, unless it's just like somebody just like going out of their way mm-hmm. to be mean-spirited and it's kind of pointless. Which but is bullshit, but it happens. Yeah, yeah, it'll happen, but it doesn't happen as much as it used to. Uh, if they take the time to write, then I want to make sure I respond. I feel horribly if I miss one that goes to like junk email, and they're like, oh, he didn't respond. But I want to respond because... If they take the time to write, then I feel like I owe them at the very least 30 seconds at the least right. to respond because they make our ability to do this pot. I and mean, they're like my, you know, if I was a political candidate, they're my they're my donors, they're my voters, they're right. my supporters. So I have to make sure I, I respond. So I always did that. And it's just evolved with social media and with the text inbox. And as it turns out, so many of these people who write in mm-hmm. – wind up being incredibly more talented than the people actually hosting the show. <laughs> I mean, these guys are brilliant yeah. writers, you know? And so I guess, inadvertently, the audience feels a, a part of it, as they should, by the way, because they go out of the way to support the advertisers and they go out of the way to, to create their own content. When you guys uh, you know, went with the show at first, did you guys know how big, as in like the audience would get, and, and at the point where they would you know, buy into the show the way they have, like you were talking about getting involved, the emails, the text, but then coming out to the events and supporting. I mean, could you guys imagine when you started that, okay, we got something that could build for, for 15 years? Never, ever, 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 never, ever, never. I mean, didn't even know how it, it, it could. Um, and probably I just, I think we were just happy to be making, because we all were TV guys mm-hmm. when we started mm-hmm. it. And it was just kind of like another way to make some, like, supplement our income. And then all of a sudden it became a decent income. And then you're like, oh, this is nice. Now, yeah. Martin was a sports director. Kat was on Fox Sports Midwest. But I was the number three guy at KMOV. I really didn't like it. Mm-hmm. It was my dream job. 
And then after a couple of years, I'm just like, God, this just kind of sucks. You're just yeah. kind of boxed in, reading off the prompter. If right. you skew a little into something like that would be coloring outside the lines, you'd get some pushback. Um, the people at KMOV, not the people, but a couple of people are just like, hey, you know, we appreciate what you do. And I did, you know, I won Emmys and Edward R. Murrow won an Edward R. Murrow Award. And so they appreciated what I did, but I was the number three guy. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter to the bottom line. Right. But when you're from St. Louis and you're working your hometown station, you're, you have delusions of your importance that really aren't realistic. In other words, I leave, it's not going to impact their bottom line in any way outside sure. of if they hire somebody for like $15,000 less, then they probably just netted $15,000. Right. Because it's not like people are buying KMOV to buy me. So, you know, it's, it's you don't realize that at the time. Now I look back on it, I go, God, I was... But, but you're working nights, you're working weekends. It's all the stuff you need to do coming sure. up. Right. Uh, and you're working holidays. And I just didn't really... I just did not... I didn't enjoy it because I didn't see any growth. And I also saw... Uh, what was going on with television, and this is in 2005, that it was it was declining in its its relevance. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many? I mean, do you guys watch local? No, I, know, I, I mean, you know I mean, people that, like yeah, Anna that, and some right. peers from a few of my peers, and I think that was something, especially when I was interning. Even that, I think you told me, Charlie told me, Frank told me, and Doug told me yeah. when I said, "Oh, I want to do TV sports," and all four of you guys said, "No, no don't way. do TV sports," no and that was kind of a realization that I had when I was still at KOMU, like. I think I still had a year left when I was interning for Inside STL in, in 590 or 920, I guess, at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, came to this realization and saw kind of where it was going. All my buddies are doing TV sports and oh, made the decision, yeah. oh, get out of it. And that's when I, you know, came back yeah. to work after college. And I think there's maybe one guy that's still in TV sports. Yeah. Everybody's left. It's And, and I can't imagine anybody telling you it's a good business. Right. Anybody. And so from that standpoint... There's, there was kind of this dogma, and I guess there still is, although it's certainly less than there was in 2005, that if you really want to reach people, you got to be on television. Right. And it's just not it's just not true. I don't know what else to say outside of it. It's, it's just not true. I mean, right now, if you could buy stock in a local television sports department or buy stock in Barstool, <laughs> what are you going to buy? Yeah, And anybody sure. who would tell you the former just is out of touch. Right. So the way to make money, I think in this industry now with the exception of a sliver is to do essentially what you guys are doing which is own your own content and build from there i remember when i had an opportunity to leave i had a few opportunities to leave st louis but the one that i really sweated was going to new york and i took the job at sny and i remember when i was thinking about it and this is what really what i thought and i it's the truth i hope it doesn't come off like in a weird way but i didn't really want it but I'm like, okay, this has put me on a path to like Sports Center, and I didn't really want to do that either. And I'm like, okay, if I want to make a million dollars, how many people as sportscasters make a million dollars in the country? And the number I kind of came to is 30. Sure. Now, this is 2007. And I'm just like, like 15 of those are going to be in that spot for years to come. You know, right. I'm Michael's Bob Costas, right. Joe Buck. Uh, a handful would be sports directors in either New York or L.A., um, and so it's like I'm playing for one of five or seven spots and the job paid a nice amount of money if you're in St. Louis, but not in New York. And mm-hmm. I remember talking to the person who I was going to be replacing, Steve Berthium, who had been on uh, ESPN at the time. He was now he's the Diamondbacks broadcaster. And he goes, are you happy? And I go, what do you mean? Kind of, I just started talking to this guy and I know him from ESPN. 
And he goes, well, are you happy? And I go, yeah. He goes, well, there's your answer. And I'm in St. Louis at the time. Mm-hmm. And he goes, don't fuck with happiness. Yeah. He goes, it's just, there's no reason to do it. And it's, and it's kind of like, I don't know how old he was. I would imagine right around 40. But you have perspective that you learn that it's like, yeah, because you, you kind of get to a point. I think we did at the University of Missouri where it's like you still like I started in Little yeah. Rock, but most people start in like Gabe Yarman started South Dakota. North sure. Dakota, right. And yes. then you got to go there and then maybe you get up to like double A ball or triple exactly. A ball and then you hope well, to I went keep to Quincy for news. Yeah, was, you were, I, mean, I remember I was that. Very right. quick, yeah, very you're quickly. miserable. Yeah. It was terrible. And I, I gave it my all. That's the thing, you know, and I, I, t- I talked to my dad about my career all the time and, and how it's veered and I just told him I freaked out coming out of college. I said right away, I I have to get the first job that I get offered if it's good money and I can get my own place. I'm a grown up now. I have to do it. And I rushed into it and you sign a contract and you're fucked and yeah. because you're sitting there unhappy. Yeah. But you, I, I'm one of those guys that you got to make a move and I won't make that mistake again. Yeah. But it's the same way with TV where I figured right away, like, I think I went to a city council meeting uh, and I came yeah. back. <laughs> city and council meeting. When I came back one day and he's they basically told me, interview the mayor if there's something interesting, like follow up on it. Well, I was listening, and me, I didn't find anything that was record-breaking <laughs> or anything, so I didn't follow up with anything, and I got scolded and bitched at oh, really? coming back to the station. And I'm like, okay, like, obviously this isn't me. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, that's the same TV thing you're talking about. It's miserable. It's just, it's miserable. And I can't, and, and, and I realize if you were to talk to any of the people still working in TV, they couldn't say this on your show, and I understand why. I mean, they're yeah. getting paychecks from there and, you know, pensions and health insurance and 401ks. I understand mm-hmm. But I remember it's uh, Mike Bush was in on the podcast, um, and I hadn't seen him in a number of years, but we were both in sports at the same time. Now he's news guy. And I remember him saying, I think it was afterward, you might have been in the studio, Nick. Yeah, I was in there. And he goes, how did you know? Yeah. As in, like, how did I know in 2005 that, you know, to sell stock, essentially, in sure. local TV? TV. Yeah. And, I'm, and, and I think I did say to him, well, how did you not know? But he was in a different spot. He was higher up. I mean, he, yeah, he was a news anchor by yeah. 2005 yeah, when I left. Yeah. So you still can be in the spot and recognize that it's going down. See, for people, we, we make the joke about the AM radio thing, but I don't think I would want to go. I mean, I know kind of what the scale would be right now. If I were to go to an FM station, it's just part of the joke of the show is mm-hmm. that we downplay because it. it's an AM radio station. Right. But shit, I would rather own my own shit. Oh, absolutely. Especially when we have a following and built-in advertisers mm-hmm. at this point than, uh, than go take a paycheck. And, you know, I mean, if you have to do it, you have to do it. But I'm just not... That like if this ended, I just be like, okay, fuck it, I'm moving to Jupiter, sure. and I'll figure. And then it's, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of where I am. Yeah, so right. like, I gotta be like, I love the fact that I can go to work dressed like I am, and for the people who aren't viewing this, I'm dressed like a hoodlum. Uh, I never wear suits unless I'm going to like a wedding or a funeral. Yeah. And um, I just have zero interest in anybody knowing who I am at all. I mean, it's flattering when people do because it means they listen to the show, and that's cool. But. I think there are some people, I guess, like I love Howard Stern. Everything mm-hmm. throughout the show is kind of based on that format at that time. And he talks about loving being famous. Now, granted, he is in, you know, his own universe there. I'm in like a point zero 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 one, and I'm in St. Louis. But still, I hate it. I, I would, like if it ever, something ever did happen where it got really big, I would really, like I'm envious of people who have money, but nobody knows mm-hmm. who they are. Right. That's my specific desire of indirect correlation where people aren't writing about our business oftentimes inaccurately um and uh, but usually when people are writing about you you make so much money whether you be an athlete musician entertainer Mm -hmm. politician that you're just like okay fuck it that's what the don't get me wrong i've done okay Mm -hmm. but 
it's not like in the multi-million dollars where you just go, okay, who fucking cares? They right. can say whatever they want about me or my personal life or that I'm difficult on set or there's a scandal <laughs> in my congressional <laughs> office, whatever. I'm a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, you know, sometimes it's a little, uh, little irritating because people, you know, think they know what's going on, but then you can't necessarily say because mm-hmm. then you're violating the omerta so to speak of the uh of the locker room right well you guys have been through some bullshit too i mean yeah we really have you really have and then you guys bet on yourselves you know especially when it went to 920 after you know the man and the woman stuff yeah um, nick thought that was really gonna work too i, don't know <laughs> so I really did like a bolt of lightning i heard yeah <laughs> uh so i mean you guys bet on yourselves and i got a chance um to get in there and, and see a lot of it and be part of it and it was a it was a blast and you guys gave me my first shot to really um you know try to build my career um well you're talented i wouldn't have given you a shot if i thought you were some you can edit that out don't no, no, save that please. we'll play it forever yeah we'll do that do not <laughs> but uh we really i really appreciated it and i enjoyed the time because i saw that you guys you know and, and we didn't know this seeing it but you had to run the business part of it and you had to be on the air and, and do the show and you you are also doing the Edmonds show too. So yeah, that was rough. you went in there and as you said on the podcast a million times that it just, it was just deteriorating you and, mm-hmm. and you're sitting there though and building and you guys have now earned a spot where you're just got a consistent audience. You're bringing revenue. And as you mentioned, you guys own your own shit, which is just what it's all about. Yeah. We own all of our stuff dating back to 2010. And, um, that, that to me was a defining moment in this whole thing because I was offered afternoon drive at KFNS at the end of 2009 but if I were doing afternoons, that means Doug and the cat couldn't have come because of their mm-hmm. television jobs. And it was a decent, I mean, it was, it was a good amount of money. I shouldn't say decent. It was a very good amount of money, uh, more than I had ever made uh, from one job anyway. And um, 1380 was reliant on our show. And 1380 was owned by Simmons Media. Great people, by the way, mm-hmm. big time great people. Uh, smart radio people, not based in St. Louis, I think out of Salt Lake City. And their counter was we can't pay you guys we can't pay you what you're offered there but if you want you can own all of the advertising time all the commercials all the spots all the sponsorships and keep it and um if you want to do that we can't pay you but you can have that time and so it's a decision i mean that's a that's a real because you have x amount of dollars which is you know nice amount of money um, and zero dollars. And on top of that, I'm paying Doug, I'm paying the cat, I'm paying producer Joe, um, and and my staff at Inside STL, which wasn't like it was 20 people, but sure. you know, a few people, and rent, and insurance. And um, I remember calling my father, who you know is general sales manager both at KFNS and also at KPLR years before that, and I said, Dad, I got this this choice here. And he was selling Inside STL with me. And Melissa Marr, who is uh, is still at KFNS now, and I said I got this guaranteed thing here from KFNS, or I can sell our own stuff at 1380. What do you think? And he said, Timmy, they're both shitholes. <laughs> he goes, but if I gotta be in a shithole, I'd rather control my own destiny. Right. And I and I go, so you're saying pass on the 590 thing? And he goes, pass on the 590 thing. Wow. We'll make this 1380 thing work. And we did. We did. I mean, I knew what the number had. The number had to go up about 2.25x from what we had been mm-hmm. billing uh, to cover our expenses. And we more than did it. I remember 590 being stunned that I turned it down because I would have been the highest paid 
employee mm-hmm. and they're just like and i said there's no need to even like up it even if you want to because i'm just not doing it because yeah. i want to keep the group together sure. the group is what the thing makes the thing work people can have their favorites on the show and everybody does and people have their least favorites but i know from having done it that it's the group and I can never get caught up in, oh, man, Tim, you know, the joke that, Tim, you're the best, or Doug's the funniest thing, and Doug may be the funniest thing in the world. But if you don't have the group, mm-hmm. the thing isn't as strong. And inevitably, especially it's probably going to be me because I'm the youngest of the group, of the hosts anyway, it won't all stay together. And that time will come probably within five years. Um, but while we have it and it's so easy and everybody gets along you just can't take it for granted because i did have that brief time when martin had quit in 2006 and the cat got fired at the start of 2007 where i had about six months where it wasn't the group and producer joe wasn't there and i remember that's what i was talking about yeah. i said i'm looking at the clock going how am i going to get from you know 754 to eight o'clock right. i don't i don't have anything and i know any nobody else in the studio does either so this is going to be rough and we took for granted how fortunate we were to have this this chemistry certainly mm-hmm. but also the fact that we would amuse each other be yeah. comfortable enough with each other to give each other shit and uh you you know we make jokes about the getting hit by lightning mm-hmm. uh and, and that certainly does deserve all the jokes <laughs> that it can possibly get but uh you know i felt like i was kind of lucky enough to get struck one time with what happened with the morning grind right. much less to get it twice with this right getting it a third time is is highly unlikely, you know, because there's that that chemistry and everybody gets along and um, kind of understands that if you fuck with one of us, you fuck with all of sure. us, you know. Yeah, and people are starting to understand that too. I think, you know, and that's why you guys have just made, especially with younger listeners too. As you mentioned, the audience I think could have changed from the start of the show till now. You know, I listen daily whenever mm-hmm. I get a chance. I podcast like crazy. Um, so I think, you know, when it's mid twenties, you guys have content that can work with any age group. Yeah, that's I mean? great. And so, I don't know how that happened. Yeah. I really don't know how yeah, that happened. I hear the podcast is the, is the reason podcasting for sure. Um, I'm certainly aware of it, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, for me, I guess at this point Stern's 65, but I don't think I, maybe I'm wrong. Do you guys listen to him? Or is that, is that I, you know, at your age? I haven't listened much of Video him. clips, that's about it. Yeah. Okay. I love his interviews. I don't listen to, like, the stuff that I think made him famous, probably, mm-hmm. which was kind of like the, you know, porn stuff or the bad right. shit, kind of like Iggy-like characters, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. That, I've that, seen his movie. I mean, I, oh, I loved yeah. it. It was good. Yeah. yeah, and that was a huge influence on me in a major way. Mm-hmm. But um, that that the audience is still, you know, I mean, he's like, he's 22 years older than me, and I still think the absolute, and I'll be depressed when that show goes away, yeah, sure. you know. yeah. But um, how our audience has gotten younger, even though Doug's in his 60s, the cat's in his 50s, I'm in my 40s. I have no idea. Iggy's in his 60s. Um, Pete's in his late 30s. Plowhawk's 30. But yet our audience, I think, if you probably got a median age of it, it'd probably be like a 32 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I don't have an ex- explanation for it. It's great that it is that way. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why. Have you, have you ever thought, and this might be something, you know, off the record type thing, but when the show, as you mentioned, does come to an end eventually, and you mentioned the age differences and everything, when when Doug hangs it up, whenever he retires from TV and radio, the cat the same way, do you ever think of like adjusting it where like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna step away from radio, or I'm gonna totally make a change and try to get another group? It's never probably gonna be that, but maybe start another show while I can Yeah, I mean, I think it'd probably just be a piece-by-piece thing if I continue to do it, I don't know. You know, I'm not 100% sure that I would continue to do it. I mean, like I said, I'm working on other things now, and if one of them were to hit, I'd probably, you know, I mean, I'd honor my contract or whatever, but then I'd be on my way. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm not 
consumed with like, nor do I think the world needs to hear my voice on a regular basis, but nor do I really want it either. I see what I think is going on with, um, like Barstool and Inside STL started yeah. at the same time. Mm -hmm. And what Dave, and I don't know Dave, uh, Young Page views is like a, Obsessed, yeah. but he yeah, really yeah. wants us to meet yeah and uh and just bullshit obviously he's built you know what i mean i don't even know what the thing's worth at this time oh, this is like nine figures yeah, so yeah. crazy yeah, so, I mean, it's absurd but what he has to continue to do and i could do that um like what clay does i know yeah, you yeah. have a rapport mm -hmm. with clay and i had clay in here and i respect what he does even though i don't necessarily follow his content um I, I don't have an interest in doing that. I guess I could do it. I don't have an interest in like almost like you playing, mean what like, Clay is doing every day. Yeah, like like kind of a yeah. Vince McMahon thing. Yeah. And I get it. It Going makes it top. makes a lot to me. It's just not like when I when I'm saying something, I truly think it. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't have any interest in like going over the top. Like you know, I, it, it just isn't, it isn't who I am. Well, that's how Portnoy is too, though. Yeah. He says what he thinks, and he might play up a little bit. I, but there's got to be, I mean, there's got to be an element of like right hyperbolic behavior is. there. I sure, think, sure. but I don't. But at the same time, I don't know. I've never met him. Right. I did meet Clay, and were you in when we were doing the Clay interview? Yeah, you no, were in there no. I'm, I was there later on in the evening. Okay. I was right. there for the actual interview. So though. we we interviewed him, and I guess yeah, we didn't have video of that. I don't. Yeah, think. it was like one of our very first interviews yeah. in the podcast. It was October 17, and I, I don't know how to like. I guess the question, the questions weren't like, "What do you think of Missouri and the SEC or any mm -hmm. of that type of yeah. stuff?" It was like, you know, it was there was one article, and you might know what it was, Nick, and I can't recall. I know, I know, uh, William Leach was Will Leach was quoted, and a bunch of people were quoted as being critical of him, saying he's kind of sold his soul to the devil. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I asked him about a number of those quotes, and that his wife was kind of critical of what he's mm -hmm. done, and then like the day that Trump was elected, how he goes, this is, you know, yeah. not yeah, good he for was, the country, but mm -hmm. this is great for me, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, catching on heat for that. Yeah, and so I asked him about those things, mm -hmm. and uh, we had a really good exchange. He had, We didn't get to go as long as we put, but I saw him later that night at Kirkwood Brewhouse, and he goes, you asked incredible questions. And to me, they, they just struck me as the obvious questions, because yeah. part of me goes, I, th I think he gets how to play the social media game, and he's really smart, but I'm not interested in... Like I can see how to do it, but yeah. I'm not interested in doing faking that every anything. day. Yeah, I he's doing multiple videos do a day. Like I, like I did, like uh, after the Cardinals and their playoff games. Yeah, you did the, right. the post game show. But I have things to say then. Mm -hmm. But if if you're like, okay, you can make an extra whatever. I don't know something to be like another five percent. So not something that would be materially, but you know, another five percent of what I make right mm -hmm. now to do that. Oh, that wouldn't make sense. Like twenty percent mm -hmm. to do that after every Cardinal game this year. I'd be like, there's no way. Yeah, I just there's, I, there's I enough yeah, substance there for. It, I couldn't like, do it. Maybe I couldn't audience do. would pick it up too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but I mean, there are people mo most of the time in their twenties. You know, I mean, I'm a married father. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, got other things going on. Yeah, it's just not. Be, you, it, it just and I, I remember saying to Doug like my first year at KMOV, and he goes, "What's wrong?" And I go, "Well, the Cardinals lost." <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Because, yeah, yeah. you know, Doug at that time was older than I am now. And, he, just like, uh, and he, he had to be like, oh, no, this guy's, like, really fucked up. Like, I mean, it, was April, it was April, too. <laughs> you know, this wasn't, right like, the end of the postseason. This was April. You know, they'd blown a lead in Houston. And I'm like, he goes, what's wrong? Oh, the Cardinals lost. <laughs> and I'm just like, how, do, how is it not bothering you? And, he, and I'm sure he was like, what? Oh, world? boy, here we go. Yeah, uh, I know. Like, what did we hire yeah, here? That's funny. This yeah. guy's that messed up. Oh, man. But now the Cardinals lose. And even when they lost to the Nationals, I realized that was kind of, you know, there was never really a sweat in that series. Yeah, but yeah. I was just kind of like, 
Whatever. Now, right. had the Blues lost Game yeah, Seven, that would have sucked. Yes, yeah, I would have been devastated. Yeah. I was emotionally leveraged there. If Missouri were ever to get to the, uh, you know, College Football Playoff, whatever fantasy we, <laughs> whatever fantasy world we may exist, I'd be emotionally leveraged. But it's just so if I'm engaged in a topic, whatever it might be, and more often than not, it, it usually isn't something that's involving sports on the ice floor, field, whatever anymore. Mm-hmm. Then I can go, but that happens like once every couple of weeks. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't. I don't, I don't want to ever fake it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't want to do that. Because, like, know. again, I think especially what pe- the audience knows that you're not going to fake bullshit. So, like, I think also whenever they would see that, they'd be like, okay, this is yeah, him. I cha- I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, mean, I love doing interviews. Yeah, I love doing interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say you probably feel weirded out being on this side. <laughs> no, of the no, mic, no. You know I mean? Especially with you guys, man. I mean, yeah. I've known you guys for a few years. I'm thrilled to see what you've you've built. I feel honored. I feel like this is the Bill Walsh coaching family <laughs> tree. Well, we're not trying to sound like a lemming. <laughs> Doug might hit the gong, but we, yeah. we thought of you first when we uh, put. This oh, am up, I the first actually. guest? You're not the first one. Oh, second, then fuck second, you both. Second, <laughs> second yeah. Sorry. <laughs> who, who was first? Uh, actually, these guys that started this uh, board game. It's kind of a mix between Cards Against Humanity and Life. It's very intri- intriguing to see in a digital world. Yeah. That's yeah, so what you guys have a piece that. of it. That's what it sounds like. You yeah. guys have a piece of it. That's what that was. That was a, that was Iggy's payola for Dr. Biondo. <laughs> That's behind the closed exactly doors. You know? yeah, we got equity. We got, we got equity. something going on. That's something I'm <laughs> I can spot that a mile away. Yeah. Where do you think, from the landscape of like digitally now, because we've talked about TV and radio and mm-hmm. kind of how it's dying a little bit. Obviously, the podcasting thing is on its way up. Where you it's know? going. It's, it's got to figure it's out a way start, to properly monetize it. That's exactly. The and with the use of social media and video and everything else digitally, where do you think it's going in terms of digital? Um, Since you've seen kind of where the blog stuff's I'll going. tell you what, the thing that I would say would probably bore your audience, but now companies are allocating heavier percentages of their budgets for specific digital buys. Mm-hmm. And you know, to try to whatever make that more um, mainstream lexicon would be like if, if a company used to, I'll just use a number like $100,000. If they used to spend 2005, for example, if 30,000 were on print and 40,000 were on TV and 30,000 were on radio, now that would look absolutely different. First mm-hmm. off, there wouldn't be a dollar allocated for print. Uh, they might be off TV. I don't know. It depends on the business. Um, depends on where they are on radio, but I assure you that there is a healthy percentage, at least a third of that, allocated toward digital. And so what I have found, and what you guys may find or will find, is that if you have digital, just because they have the dollars and they have to spend on digital, you will get bought, even if the audience isn't necessarily or certainly isn't as big as a television audience. But the spend is a hell of a lot less for the frequency that they'll get on digital versus what they would spend mm-hmm. on a television buy. And so I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that, but I will tell you this with, with, for example, even TMA, which gets like 300,000 downloads a month, um, much less the, the Tim McKernan show podcast that even on, on the scope of, of that size of downloads. So 300,000, um, it still is, is not even enough to get on the radar of the blue apron legal mm-hmm. zoom, yeah. you know, all of those that you hear on the national or global podcasts, you know, when Mark Maron and Joe Rogan are rattling off yeah, spots. Yeah, 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 yeah. It needs to be much larger than that. So then what you wind up doing, and what I found, was that you're going to local people and asking them to buy, 
And if I and what I would find, I don't know what your guys' experience has been, but you'll spend some time, especially in St. Louis, where the people who control the purse strings tend to be a little older than the average age. Like if yep. you were in New York or Chicago or L.A. or Dallas or Denver or whatever, uh, you're, you're explaining how the podcast works. Don't even know what a podcast is. Yeah. And at that point, you might as well not even continue yeah. with the yeah. pitch because it's not going to happen. I'm not angry about that, it yeah. because in 2005, when I was sitting down with people about buying InsideSTL.com, they are like, well, we're in the Post Dispatch, or we're in the mm-hmm. Riverfront Times, or we're right. in St. Louis Magazine, and now changed like crazy. And now yeah. it and it happened really quickly too. And now they would want to buy not probably inside STL.com, but they would want to buy an app or, uh, or or on the app, I should say, or pre rolls or something like that. So yeah, it it does change, and you know, and that's and that's the key is to 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 kind of stand on the cliff and see the wave that is out on the mm-hmm. horizon, not the wave that just crashed on the beach. Yeah, that's the thing, too, is the business. I, I think also, you know, because we talk about trying to get more sponsors and everything, and we've been blessed enough where we have kind of reached out to people, but we've had more people reach out to us. And some are family friends. Some are, you know, this guy knows this guy knows this guy. But they come to us and say, we're interested. And that flatters us saying, okay, the content's up there, but we always need to do more. And then we've been focusing more on content first than trying to build the the sponsorships and everything. My thing is with with the sponsorships on a podcast. I don't know if it is good to do, you know, like you like on your podcast, you during the the conversation will put the interview in or I'm sorry, the uh, commercial in while people are listening. Right. If you do it all at the beginning, I feel like people just I skip yeah. skip 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 and then that's like, it. So uh, you know what but, I mean? uh Marin had uh, Brad Pitt and DiCaprio on last week. And I've listened to enough Marins, maybe I listen to one out of eight I would say that he puts mm-hmm. up. And I know what his move is, as Rogan's is as well, actually. They do it all at the front, and mm-hmm. I do the exact same thing. Skip, just yeah. skip right over. Yeah. Get to about six minutes and see if they're still going. I don't know. And that's the thing that's so like people talk about their downloads, which is great. And it's kind of like when we started InsideSTL.com and you talked about hits. Mm-hmm. And then it became unique visitors. And then it became page views. Um, and right now people are talking about downloads. When it's all said and done they all lead to the same centerpiece, and that is return on investment for the right. advertiser. Right. Right. So yeah. if you have a million downloads, if I have a million downloads, and you guys have a 1,000, but you generated more revenue with your 1,000 versus me and my million, I assure you you're going to have a hell of a lot more leverage than I will. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I go, and it's it's not it's not intended to be a shot at because I'm not I'm, I'm gonna bother any, naming any radio stations because it's not specific to any radio station. But so often you'll hear about ratings for radio, and then you'll hear these people who advertise on our show take your pick of whomever. They'll all have the same story. Otherwise, you wouldn't hear the same companies there year right. after year after year because they get a return. Um, but you could, I mean, if you, why anybody would advertise like on a music station right now? And I say, and I, a music station that's just playing music. Right. Let me emphasize yeah. that. If you have like 105.7 with Rizzuto, I mean, that's a mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. That's a huge show. It's sure. the number one show in the market. Uh, I get that. But because now anybody who's younger anyway, take your pick, but it's Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, yeah. whatever the hell it all is. Right, you're yeah. listening to podcasts. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're not. So many options. Yeah. So why would you? You're not going to listen in a commercial break. So they're really kind of boxed in. Mm-hmm. So now they're going into podcasts. But if you're a DJ, you're not necessarily conditioned to fill like even you know a, a podcast like you guys are doing or a radio right. show like we've done. Yeah. Where it's like it'd be weird if we went to an FM station and they're like, okay, you have two minutes before you have to get to the next song. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We wouldn't know how to do that because we've been used to spreading our wings and going an hour, and yeah. that's all we know. 
But to me, fortunately, that is not only the present, but it's it's the future because of talk radio generating mm-hmm. return and also because of podcasts. So if you look at um, the highest paid people in the market, not like there's a place to find that, but I'm pretty confident I have an idea of the highest paid broadcasters in the market, um, all of them either have a talk show or their show is kind of like a talk show. And mm-hmm. I would use Rizzuto's show as an example sure. of, of that. Um, and that's because that's content that you cannot find anywhere else. Mm-hmm. If I were just a DJ, or you guys were just DJs, we'd be replaceable, just like I was when I was at KMOB. Right, so right. I went into the GM's office, and I had just won, I think I just won two Emmys and a, and a Murrow in 2002. And my contract was up in February of 2003. And I'm just like, this is great. I'm going to get like Big raise. Big oh, raise, yeah. And yeah. the GM, who had played a million poker hands before, just kind of looks at me, and I was doing radio at that point, so I'm 25, and I'm making a nice amount of money. Uh, and and he goes, yeah, this is this is all we can give you. And I go, but I just won the Emmys. <laughs> all, the, all these awards. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, times are tougher. Times are always, by the always way, tougher. no matter where you are, <laughs> I assure you of this, times will always be tough. Times are it's tough. like right now in 2019, 2020, the economy's never been better. <laughs> but times are tough. I know it because I've been through it. And yeah. I'm like, but I just won these awards. <laughs> and he's just like, that's what we can do. Because he knows that I'm making radio and TV. This is my hometown. Mm-hmm. I think I'm 25 or 6. What am I? He knows you're not right. going anywhere. And he knows if I do, he'll be like, okay, well, this guy in Tulsa cut off his dick to come here and right. do weekends exactly. for $15,000 left. Right. So you never have any leverage. But in radio or in a podcast, and if you become somebody who drives revenue and you go, I'm up and I'm leaving, they're going to go, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. And that's the difference. And I don't know if there's anybody in television right now and locally, and it's not a shock because there's some sick, talented people, but you just don't have that leverage mm-hmm. because you don't mobilize dollars. And that's what dictated. I, I remember so the, the biggest stern influence isn't necessarily the content, although it's certainly a part of it. Uh, and how he does interviews, which I have the greatest admiration for, oh, yeah. is uh, I probably learned more of that from like watching Costas and Buck. And now I just happen to love long form interviews, and Stern gets those, so it makes me love it even more. But I remember there was like a press conference for him, like in the 90s, when his show used to be on uh, e entertainment television, and a bunch of local New York reporters came in to the studio and asking him questions like a press conference not like the Marshall one but like a real yeah. one there were real people there and yeah. it was really a oh, point the satellite trucks there and <laughs> yeah. everything yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he goes look at, look at you all he goes you don't generate a return for your, your, your stations you're all replaceable yet you're all on television thinking you're a big deal the reality is you're all replaceable <laughs> and it probably came off really harsh but the, he was 100% right, right. Yeah, 100% right. right and it doesn't matter like even you know take your pick of like the best play by play person People are still going to watch, name whatever team, or listen to mm-hmm. whatever team if that person's not there. It might not be as enjoyable like during the Blues run. I think all of us would have preferred John Kelly and Darren sure. Pang yeah. just because they're A, so yeah. good, but mm-hmm. B, they're our guys, but you know, they're national television rights. So people are going to watch no matter who's calling the game. And God, remember the second round, I think, against the Stars? There were, some, there were a couple oh, of games yeah. where it was. It was, like, it was with Pierre Maguire. Yeah, I mean, Pierre he just seemed like he was like, all yeah. into the Dallas Stars. And then what was it? It was game seven. Oh, it was game seven of uh, of San Jose, or game six, I guess, 
when they you were drunk in a box. You don't remember? <laughs> I probably don't remember. It. <laughs> but it's when, sweet. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag wow, blessed. So hard. I love to see it. Um, he was sitting there, and I guess talking about, oh, I have every intention of going back to because there was no game seven. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. He goes, I have every intention of going back to San Jose today after this game. They're gonna just you know basically yeah, in his own yeah. words say destroy the Blues and all this. And I'm like, why would you say that? Like he said in his pregame a show. Broadcast or something. Pierre yeah, McGuire. Yeah, Pierre Pierre McGuire. Pierre McGuire. Really? So he didn't say destroy. It was like in a very professional way. He said he had already booked his ticket to San Jose. In the pregame show, I'm like, what wow, the fuck? That was as close doing? to yeah. a lock as it gets. Yeah. The Sharks were like dead. They yeah. didn't even travel most of their guys. Yeah, I mean, so it was just. I don't know how everybody thought about the. Uh, people said it was like an obvious thing that NBC Sports was on the side of whoever the Blues are playing. I didn't. It's always fully against the same. Yeah, things, I, know, I never but, get into that. I mean, I, never, I really never get into when that. When Pierre said that, I was kind of like, okay, that's a little off yeah. kilter. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, I think guys like Game Sevens. I think they like that. Yeah, you know. But as far as guys really pulling or ladies pulling for teams, I don't know how much that really exists but uh yeah that's interesting i was at that game not in a luxury suite <laughs> not not as blessed <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do you get all so i didn't hear the broadcast comes after me on not, facebook live when I'm so doing that. <laughs> what is your advice then for especially the younger demographic that's listening it to, that's getting into the broadcast business say you had to go speak at mizzou j school what would you tell the students there now uh, you know, because a lot, like I said, a lot of people are replaceable. Maybe not everybody wants to do the eight years in six oh, different cities even, before they maybe get yeah. to St. Louis, which is their hometown. Oh, so, what would you what do you tell them now? I, uh, caveat emptor, you know, the buyer beware, be mm-hmm. very careful. That's the, the only Latin I got out of my four years of taking it. But <laughs> it's be, Clay wrote something. I'll give a major credit on this, and I can't remember what it was. It was a few years ago, but basically saying develop your own product, own your own product, and then sell it. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably make more, but at the very least, you'll be your own boss. And if you're good, you're going to build an audience, and you'll own your own content, and then it's your responsibility to essentially be a salesperson. I think one of the things that's really tough, and it wouldn't be for you guys at your particular point in your careers, but for guys who are a little older than me probably is that all we had to do or all they had to do was show up and report or anchor or show up and host a show and then all of a sudden here within the last x amount of years it's become well you also need to sell or if you're not going to sell you need to introduce the sales staff to clients Mm -hmm. and that now i agree with that is how you determine worth um if i were to ever own a station again uh, I would make sure everybody's on board and mm-hmm. that from a legal standpoint, I could do it. But I would publish inside the building what each show and or each host is responsible for driving. And I'm talking about dollars. Sure. I'll also publish the live stream and the podcast numbers because what winds up happening, and I think it happens everywhere in St. Louis is where we are and so we're more exposed to it, is when somebody gets replaced or fired or whatever the case might be, inevitably the handful of people who might listen to their show goes, oh, you are fucked. You know, you got fucked with the wrong... You right, know. yeah. But in reality, if the station made a choice and it wasn't personal, and I certainly would like to think I've never made a business decision based on personal, um, then you go, well, here. I mean, you know that your show was bringing in this and that doesn't cut it for what we need. It's not personal. Yeah. And you're now a free agent. And if you're if you got anything, then you can go and, and do it yourself. And in twenty twenty, you don't even need to be on a station. Yeah. Just do your own podcast. So I think it's I think I think people in their twenties are aware of that element mm-hmm. of it, of the sales element, yeah. of the dollar element of it. But I think people perhaps in their forties, fifties, sixties who 
you know, at Missouri when I was in journalism school, they never, ever brought up revenue. I don't even know if I knew what revenue was. I mean, I knew yeah. what the word didn't was. Didn't take any but business classes. We never had to. Oh, yeah, we didn't have to. Like the difference between revenue and profit, yeah. I had no idea. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I mean, it's supposedly a really, and it is a really good school for that. But for the business of the business, yeah. it did not teach you that. They don't tell you anything behind. No. And that's all that matters. That you're only going to make, you know, X amount of dollars you can't pay rent for. Yeah, and it's... But it's, hey, you might be a, you might be an evening right. anchor. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't Only matter. making 20000 though. Like, so, uh, media business classes would have been, I mean, huge. I never, oh, I think yeah. I took like one of oh, those, but it, it wasn't it, anything like, like that. Like, yeah. uh, like Courtney Bryant was in, uh, and she just went to... Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. And we were talking. I, you know, it's one of those things uh, where I've just because I was like, okay, everybody thinks I'm probably going crazy about her because she's attractive, but I know that's not really, really, really yeah. what it's about. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way about young page views. Mm-hmm. I don't really consider him attractive. I'm really kind of <laughs> neither here nor there. But I go, okay, what is this about that I get excited about? Like when I spot, and same thing, you know, when I spot two people like you guys, yeah. I'm like, these guys are guys I would hire. Yeah. Uh, and I guess did, you know, and, and, if I spot young people with talent who get it, that excites me. And so when I saw Courtney Anchor for the first time within five seconds, I said to my wife, holy shit. She's going to be a big deal. She's going to be, you know, whatever she wants to be, she's going to be. Mm-hmm. And when Ben, young page, views, yeah. thought, I had no idea who he was. Yeah, yeah. Seymour just man. booked him just because he saw he had a free dotum thing on his <laughs> oh, man, cubicle. Yeah. And I'm just like, who is this guy? I guess we'll have him on. You know, Crazy. It's nice that we have a guest, so yeah. I'll take it. And, and let's let's see. And within 10 seconds, I'm like, I don't know who this guy He's is. He's an animal. He's an but animal. But he is incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. And so that excites me. That exci- That's what it is. That's what my thing is, is when I spot young people who are talented, that excites me. And, and what I would add into the talent portion is they have to have a grasp on the business and like in Ben's case, when when we'll be talking, he'll be talking about like the number of uh, shirts or barstool mm-hmm. merch that he's responsible for moving. Or in Courtney's case, and I think this is when we were talking off air, but she had some opportunities that were at the network level. But she was talking about how it just didn't even, you know, like I just assumed like what a baseline was, and I said, did it start with this number? And she goes, oh God, no. And I go, you really be kidding yeah. me? And I know she's living in New York, and yeah. you know, almost having lived there. And that was a while ago. I'm sure it's much, much more expensive now. You can't live there, you know. But yet you're working on network, mm-hmm. you know. Now, granted, it wasn't like the main anchor. You know, yeah. That's there's a huge disparity between uh, Doug talks about this between like you know take your pick of whomever you want to name on cable news. You know, making thirty million or whatever, mm-hmm. and then like somebody who's like a reporter that might not even be making a few hundred thousand dollars, but yet they're over in the Middle East or whatever the case might be, and so they're grinding, hoping they get that lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind now, for what it is that we do, the lottery ticket is growing a business, owning the business, having it catch, having at least one of the shows catch, and then building an advertising base. That's that's to me the lottery ticket, and ideally it can build, and then you can replicate it in other markets, and then you can sell it, or you can have something like Barstool, or you still own it, but right. you know you have churning group, yeah, millions and millions of dollars into it, and now you now you really have something. Because um, I think the days, you know, a couple even a couple of years ago, my wife and I were talking about it, and it's like God, you have this thing, and now the podcast is kind of taken, and people are kind of looking at you differently than just like the creep guy on the morning <laughs> after, like oh this guy can do interviews, he can talk politics, <laughs> and it's like. For for other stations in the market, they're like, well, you make kind of you make kind of make too much for us to <laughs> hire you, and uh, you know for us to pay. I mean, you can wind up making it because they'll give you cuts of right. of the live reads yeah. and the appearances and all that stuff. And it's just like, but then now I'm now I'm at a corporation where I 
you know, like even doing this and saying the word fuck might be like, hey, did you call in the office? Yeah. 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 And it'd be like, that's just not who I am. And that's the thing. It's not like, oh, man, I got to figure out a way to last another 25 years so I can keep. I'm like, if today was the last TMA, I'd be like, all right, we're going to sell the house. It sucks. My family's here and your family's here, Anna Marie. But, well, let's go down to Jupiter and, you know, figure out something else to do. Right. I just don't, I'm not consumed with right. being on radio or television yeah. at all. And, uh, like I was saying earlier, I did, the, the way the game needs to be played right now is just not something that I'm really interested in playing. Mm-hmm. At the same time, perhaps because so many people are playing the game right now that way, the fact that I'm choosing or just not playing the game in the more hyperbolic, you know, screaming take or whatever, <laughs> right, yeah. then maybe Don't that's like refreshing for some people. I just, I, yeah, Smith, I just, yeah, yeah, it's like Doug starts doing the FS1 Doug character. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so screaming good. about that's things. So and it's just like, <laughs> we can do it. But we just we wouldn't Don't be able to do to. it and stay in character. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Oh, Those yeah. guys can stay in character. I just start giggling. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny because anybody that gets it, it's funny. But I, I I imagine there's some listeners out there that would hear that and they'd be like, oh wow, they're hot. Oh, it's a great take. Yeah, <laughs> it is funny when like occasionally like somebody will text in. And they're like, they just don't fit in with like the, you know, hundreds of other texts yeah. that are coming in. And they're like kind of serious. I'm like, oh, I don't think they get the joke. It's refreshing. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll go to look at their text history. And it's like their texts are usually like after 10 o'clock, which yeah. means they're texting into what like is this? Frank show. Right, right. And they tuned into us <laughs> because the radio was still there from Friday. And oh. they're like, what in the hell? <laughs> like when Frank opinion read the, read the email. Oh, uh, my God. Oh, yeah. How great. That was what so, is this? so fucking what good. Is this? Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you get boy this? pig. <laughs> Who left this here? <laughs> his tone is classic. Oh man! Yeah. Oh, so good. There's a talented guy. Oh, that Frank guy is, he can tell yeah. a story better than anybody. And my okay. dad's been talking about him since I got into just the radio business. Not even getting into the radio business. Got into college. He goes, "Oh, you can talk about Frank Opinion." Like that's the first name he would say. He loves yeah. Frank Opinion. Oh, it's yeah. like just crazy. You know. t- he came in when he came over to KFNS and did our show, and I think he was thinking we're going to ask him about sports because in his mind, he <laughs> yeah. probably never listened to the show. And he's yeah, like, right. it's a sports show. And I'm like, I have zero interest in asking about sports. Yeah. I just want you to tell me your story. And it's so good, plus his ability to tell a story. It's like Kelly Chase, one of those guys, yeah. when they start telling stories, you're just like, oh, my God. That was such a good story about him on the highway. Stopping. Wasn't that just that unreal? Unbelievable. When the, the when, Blues, when the blues it, won the cup, yeah. that he was Kerber on 40 oh. right across from Bush State. I mean, so cool. I could just chills. That's a, that's oh, I had yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea until so he cool. said that. I didn't know that. I wasn't leading up to it. It just I, I don't know if he had talked about it before. I knew he went to the the Enterprise Center the morning of, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize he had driven up from Nashville and was standing on forty looking at Bush Stadium where a bunch of people were. Yeah. And looking at the skyline as the team that I mean, anytime I would think about the Blues winning the cup, I would think about Kelly Chase. That's who I would always think about. Um and that's how he heard it. I mean it was just it was is kind of better than him being at the garden. Yeah. Yeah. He's on the That's... side of forty. You know, I mean, that was the that was the. Did greatest. he ever uh, say on air or off air that he was like, what? What are the luck that he steps away from the broadcast booth and then the year after they win the cup? No, I mean, but he, he like... did. We did one in February. Like he hadn't announced that he was leaving. You might have shot that one, Nick, and he yeah. got emotional. I mean, he yeah. gets emotional mm-hmm. as it is. Well, but... he was talking a lot about the Humboldt stuff too. That, that yeah, said, yes, you're right. So you're was, right. Yeah, yes, that was um, right after that stuff happened. But I said, you know, I, the, something I would always ask, which I no longer can't ask anymore, which is, what would it be like if this organization ever won a cup? I remember asking Kerber that, and he goes, "Ooh." Yeah. Uh, and then Chase, and he just started getting emotional. He goes, you know, be tough if I wasn't on the call, but you know, sometimes it's just time to move on. And he hadn't announced he was leaving yet. Right. Wow. And so from that, I remember 
I don't know who I said it to, not on the air or anywhere. I go, I think wonder if Chase is leaving because mm-hmm. that made me feel like, you know, that he was thinking it might be yeah. over. And that wasn't a team, um, you know, that you were thinking was cl- cup, close to winning a cup. You know, even hell, it took nearly 12 months for him to get get it going at that point because that was February of uh, 18, I think, that we did that. Yeah, February 18, yeah. we did that interview. And, yeah, the chances are he leaves and they win the cup. But you know, he's just as emotionally invested in that thing, and he always will be, which is the thing that made it so cool is that it meant so much to those those alumni. That's oh, what yeah. I would always think yeah, about. That, that was the Bobby best. Plager. Yes. Oh, so neat. Play, yeah, Brett Chase, Plager. Plager I had no idea Hull would enjoy it as much as he yeah. did. I'm glad that he did. <laughs> we went we blues. Went blues. We went blues. Classic, yeah. man. It's so good. <laughs> God. Instant. And, then, and then the story about Chase that was on your podcast about how his wife told him, man, can you imagine if you had had to go up? Because what was it? Armstrong was telling him to go get Hull oh, during yeah. the speech. And he goes, can, his wife goes, can you imagine if he comes up there and, and drags Brett Hull out there the and they start fighting? If they're, yeah, because that's probably what would have happened. Yeah. If Chase would have gone out there, drunk Chase would have gone out there oh, to get even God. drunker Hull on that stage oh, with all the God. drunk members of the team. They, they wouldn't have stopped it oh, if those no, two start wrestling no. around on the stage. God. Oh. Oh, that was a great. I had no idea been. about that story. That was one of my favorite podcasts. Of, so of all, funny was Chase. What has been? Uh, I know you. You've talked about this. You can't pinpoint your favorite, and you wouldn't because there's so many good ones. But what? Which ones stick out to you that you've done so far? And then I was going to ask, which ones would you like to do later, like coming up, that really excites you? That you're like, this would be a great idea, and I think we could get them. Uh, I've always said Quinn Snyder is kind of this white whale, but I don't know if he will do it and be honest yeah. if he would do it. No you know? way he's being honest. I can't imagine. Because like, now, he's, he's, now he's at a point yeah. in the he's NBA jazz, right? yeah, where yeah, he's yeah. like you know, really a well-respected coach. Why would he do it? Um, I mean, it had been Dave Peacock. We got him. It had been yeah, Jay Nixon. Was... We got him. Yeah. Um, you know, and even with both of those, they couldn't really speak uh, as as forthrightly as I think they would if there mm-hmm. weren't this litigation. Right. Uh, Demoff, Kroenke. I think I could get Demoff. Really? Yeah, I, I do. So. How we much would a, he say, though? That's the thing. Well, like, it's got this, all the litigation has to come to an end. Yeah. Because um, he was, even throughout that process, I mean... You were in, in contact with him, and like he donated. To I have toy. a text donate, from him like, from inside. He donated like toys to the to he the did. charity. Like, like so, he was like three I mean, weeks before that. Uh, three weeks before that so uh, that's vote. Not like Kroenke, who just nobody ever hears from or sees. Right, like, but that's the thing. And so a... Kroenke, like, I, but I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Kevin was following Kroenke's orders. Yeah, yeah. but right, like I would sure. always say, like Kroenke hasn't said anything. Kevin's the one saying things, and now Kevin's the one who people hate right because of crocky because yeah. he was the one saying things right. but that would be an example um you know uh god i don't know uh th- those 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 are the ones that stand out um eric greitens would be one yeah. also see i don't yeah, really think so i don't know, if he would, I know. I mean. uh somebody asked me have you had him on oh mark monovani asked me because you had him yeah. on mm-hmm. and i said no i said is he has anybody had him on i don't think anybody's had him on yeah kind no, of, i don't know he's kind of been before under the radar. he emerges as a as a cable news host which yeah. I think will probably wind up happening yeah so that, that's the that's the direction that i think i don't think like oh you know Paul Goldschmidt had a great year. I mean, because yeah. I know he's not a great interview. And, right. it's, and that's not, I mean, he's just an introvert. God bless him. It's just right. not be that great of an interview. Uh, I bet Wainwright, when he's done playing, will be really good. Be I feel like yeah. LaRusa and I kind of need to have like a capstone, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> interview, the first interview I did, because it was like May, maybe April of 2000. And I was doing interviews like a fan, mm-hmm. not like, hey, how come you guys didn't pinch hit here? But like, <laughs> 
I'm like, oh my God, I'm with Tony LaRusso. I'm yeah. 23 years old, yeah. and we would do these. We did an hour long Sports Sunday. You guys even remember the Sports Sundays and Sports Pluses of? I hate you guys talk about. It. I yeah, never it was the best. Remember. I, think, I yeah. still think it would work. Well, I mean, I guess it does still go on now. Now that I think about it, does Doug yeah. still do them on Sunday? Yeah, he loves it because if an NFL game goes late, then that yeah. means he gets pushed back to like starting at 11. The only, oh, yeah, the, the only stuff we had to do I was get here at 6:50 yeah. oh, or something yeah. Yeah. with Gervino at KOMU when we did. I think he did. I don't know. I don't know what it was called with his Sunday show. Yeah, but we because we had to produce that, and it's a lot of stuff. But uh, they would want me to do like these five to seven minute interviews, and so I asked Larusa, and I think he thought I was just going to go in with the stick mic, mm-hmm. and we're in his old Bush Stadium two office, and all of a sudden this photographer came over. He was a great photographer, and he starts setting up lights like you guys yeah. have, except he dims the lights in Tony's office, and then he's setting up the lights. <laughs> I thought about and, dimming and the lights t- in here. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh yeah. Great. Really set the mood. And, and Tony goes, no, what are we doing now? Here? I, thought we, <laughs> I thought we were just... <laughs> and I'm sure he's just like, who are yeah. your 20, you know, whatever. <laughs> who is this guy? Who is this guy? Yeah. And it happened to be the day, I think they did something for Willie McGee. And so it was a fan appreciation mm-hmm. thing, I'm pretty sure, because I think he had retired the year before, and uh, and Whitey Herzog was there, and I noticed that Whitey Herzog got louder applause than Tony by a comfortable margin, hmm. which might sound odd to you guys, but at the time Tony was not well received, right. and he really wasn't until in they won the pennant. You're saying? Yeah, in 2000, yeah. until they won the pennant in 2004. It was before they won the World Series in 2006, and so my questions were almost like psychoanalysis, which wasn't their intent, but I'm just like, hey, does it? bother you like today you know when when whitey was announced and you're announced you, there's some booze for you but whitey gets these huge cheers and you know like in hindsight like 20 years i would never ask that question mm-hmm. now which kind of sucks but i know i wouldn't right maybe it's self-awareness i don't know yeah probably we got done bit. and he goes that was some really good questions there he goes you're gonna be at the network he goes that was really really good uh <laughs> and i'm just like oh great and then gary womack was the photographer he goes oh he's I've never heard anybody ask him those kinds of questions. And I'm just like, well, those, I feel like that's what people want to know. So that's what I'm, and that's my same thought process in the podcast. And I can't get enough of it. Mm -hmm. I I love doing interviews and I don't know why I always have. And so then that led to, you know, you talked about favorite interviews, interviewing my dad, which was something that I didn't really want to do just because I thought we were all going to start weeping and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do that, even though it wouldn't be live and I could edit it. Um, and then a few people emailed me and said, you know, I lost my dad X amount of years ago, and I would do anything to be able to hear him now. So you yeah. really ought to do it. And if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for your son, yeah. do it for your brother's kids. And so I did it. And then that led to um, saying, God, you know, I'm glad I did it. And I wish I had, now I wish I had my grandparents because mm-hmm. they're all gone and I would love to be able to hear what they had to say. And mm-hmm. I said, man, that's like, sounds like some kind of like business idea. So if you want me to interview your you know, family members, I'll do it. And now that's turned yeah, into like over the last month. Oh yeah. I think I've done 15 at this point. And wow. there's like, I have two this week and they just keep coming in. It's I'm, a I lot already. Market. I mean, you yeah. started like a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. And, and I, and, and the thing is I love doing it. Yeah. Because when you're interviewing somebody you know or you know their story, you know, you kind of have an idea where it's going to go usually. And, you, go. and those people also might be protecting some things they're not going to get into, as the case might be. But in these cases, I'm learning as I go. And it's just like a conversation. And then on top of it, it means so much to people after they get them. Not, not necessarily people who are interviewed, but the family members who right. booked it. Yeah. Because for me now, no matter what, I will always have those two hours with my dad that my son and my mm-hmm. brother's son and uh, my other brother's daughters will always be able to to hear that and uh and i love that um you know and that wasn't something i was planning on doing and if anything i was planning on not doing it because i just felt like 
you know, right. we both start bawling and mm-hmm. it'd be just super fucking weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. No, but, but that it, was great. I, I didn't get to listen to the whole thing. I listened to part of it though. And it's neat because you guys obviously connect not only like interviewer, interviewee, but father, son. Yeah. It was just cool. Cause you guys opened up about it. And the business idea you had about it was a great idea. Yeah, it was. I mean, I stumbled into that one. Yeah. Inside STL yeah. kind of stumbled into that. And it's weird how that works that you can plan and plan and plan and plan and plan something, something. And it might not take. Just. And then something random while I'm in the middle of doing one of those questions from the audience, I'm like, this doesn't sound like a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Do people do this? Yeah. You know, I've looked around now. And I mean, in, in a few like kind of localized spots, they do it. But I guess what separates what we're doing is it's in a studio. I have a background, I guess, as an mm-hmm. interviewer. Yeah. Um, and so it's cool. I love, I love doing it, but I just love doing interviews in general. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. But on TMA, I really don't like doing them. That's why we don't have guests. you got guests. a window. You got a, a window bit. and it's, it's like a press conference, yeah. you know, like if there were like five people on the other side of the table in here right now, it, it probably wouldn't have any flow to it because right. it'd be more like a press conference. Like when you're Columbia and yeah. Gabe's asking a question, yep. Matters asking yep. a question yep. and then somebody from Canada. So you don't talk some over somebody or Right. Whatever. And yeah. it, it's like you might have a line that you want to go with yeah. and TJ, you might have a line and then you're like, oh, and then it stops that and then it redirects. Right. When a conversation, that's not how a conversation goes. You mm-hmm. stay on something and then you wind up, mm-hmm. you know, something triggers you to go, oh yeah, and then what about right. what about that? And I love that shit. And I wind up going for like an hour and a half or two hours, and, but I just, because I'm, I'm just seriously curious you know and then i guess it gets to a point where i'm like i kind of sense like the person's like okay that's <laughs> yeah you know? yeah because yeah, yeah, like, you've been in there i'm like okay it's gonna be a half hour 45 minutes and then it always goes it like always an hour 15 like, minutes yeah, yeah. and i just always longer. and i just feel like such an asshole but they but, never, they never seem to care they never though, care like, yeah like courtney came in brian and we had never met were you in there for that yeah, one? Yeah, I, think I was you in were. for Courtney. She's like, yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Even you know? like Lux and Learn, too, I think. I had never met Learn. Did, That's did another one. Learn would be somebody I would do a show with, by the way, to answer yeah. uh, that question. Columbia, I mean, Illinois. Proud. Yeah, there yeah you she go. is, yeah. isn't she? Yeah. Learn, yeah. Charlie, Jennings, uh, Plowhawk, Iggy, mm-hmm. uh, TJ, <laughs> Nick. I, uh, I'm, always, <laughs> I'm not out there in the cornfields. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, the she stands because that was and the reason why is probably because I had never met her before. Yeah, yeah. And I remember walking in. I guess she was thinking the same thing. Mm. It's like I don't know who this guy is. I mean, I know who he yeah. is. Well, but you I've found never met. rapport like it's right. like halfway through. I mean, right. obviously joking off Iggy and, and right. all, all his, all his <laughs> yeah, weirdness, but like it, there was like a flow where at some point in the interview, and it seemed like it happened with a lot of them too, where it's like at some point they got like just comfortable. Yeah, like, yeah. and I don't know, and I don't going. know how that is because because yeah. you can't teach that, and I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is. I don't. I'd love to be able to like say, hey, here's how you do it, because then I'd be yeah. like, oh, good. Now I can hire more people. Well, then people everybody, do everybody could do it. Right, right. right. Yeah. but I don't know what it is. But I, I remember texting Joe Buck after watching a few. Did you guys ever watch his interview show from the Improv Shop? Uh, uh, no, no, no. The, the one that he had on the on like the HBO? Audience Network. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to. Okay, no. and it was. I just thought it was really good. And he goes, oh, thanks. And I go, no, you know, you don't understand. I go, I mean, it's really good. He goes, well, I appreciate it. I go, you don't understand, though. Not everybody can <laughs> yeah. get people to yeah. open Relax, up like, like that. Like yeah. that. And I said, I don't know what it is, but you're doing it. And he goes, I appreciate that. And I don't think he enjoyed it as much because he had to, like, knock out, like, mm-hmm. 15 in a week. Yeah. You know, oh, that would, really? that would, yeah, that'd Shit. be because he goes out to L.A. and they just knock him out. Like that. Why is there? that would be rough. Yeah. And then everything kind of had the same format, you know. Because you're not giving every guest the attention they think they need. You're getting tired. And yeah, shit, and it's I mean? just like, like, okay, well, you were born here. And it's boxed then, into the yeah, same it's questions. Same, exactly. Same as opposed yeah. to, yeah. Yeah, what do you think about this? And right. it's just kind of, you know, it's, yeah. I think that kind of wore, wore him out. Plus, yeah. he's, you know, got 
young kids and uh, is calling World Series and Super Bowls. He doesn't need to be doing it. But uh, I love that shit. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, anytime I'm podcasting something, I'm looking. I'll go through this morning when I work out and like, okay, what are the latest interviews that I haven't heard yet? And I cannot wait to to just listen to interviews. That's what I I love. What and do you I, listen to besides Stern? Stern, uh, Marin, uh, Holly Randall is my porn podcast, nice. which I realize nice. is super strange, but it's <laughs> interviews with uh, porn stars and porn uh, directors, and I, I realize it's absolutely fucking bizarre, <laughs> but I do. It's right right here. Just for, there it there is. It is. There it is. Right there. All, yeah. there it is. Oh, yeah, you better believe it. No laying up podcast, the golf podcast. Yeah. I see Conan. Uh, who I don't really enjoy his interview. You guys, I tried that one. The uh, Will Ferrell uh, one was. He and that guy. makes me appreciate Stern's because he because they'll have the same guests. Like Stern had Hillary Clinton and then Conan had yeah. Hillary and Chelsea. Two different interviews. And I didn't even want to bother listening to yeah. the, the Conan because I'm just like he kind of makes it. And Holly Randall, who's my porn interviewer, kind of does the same thing where they make it about themselves. And like I've had a few people initially when I first started going, well, I want to hear your opinion on it. And I'm like. I'm interviewing, take your pick of yeah, you're giving the interview. U.S. Senator, mm -hmm. hey, Jack Danforth, here's what I think about the Iraqi war. You know, right, like He's right. like, oh, thanks for your take. <laughs> Thank you. Guy who didn't Sick. graduate from Mizzou <laughs> as I went to Yale and was nearly vice president. I hadn't thought of that. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to fucking interject my thoughts. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. So, so, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to get them the ball right. you know, and get out of the way. So, yeah, I don't want to hear that shit. Joe Rogan. I, I pick and choose on that. Hey, do you like? I, it doesn't Rogan's say, got go out. I, I like. I'm I like not into UFC. Clips. You guys, UFC guys. Uh, hit or miss. Yeah. I mean, I'll bet on it. But you'll bet I'm on like, it. Like yeah. any other guy, McGregor, and like when like the big guys fight. Not nobody. I'm just, like I'm not you know. into it. So I, I listen to the Corp. Um, Corp's good. I enjoyed uh, first season better than season two. Yeah, but, I, I'm I looking mean, at it now. I don't even recognize the people yeah. in here. I see Gronkowski's in there. I haven't listened to that one yet. Uh, but yeah, the first one was really good, definitely. Yeah. Um, Part but, of my take, I, I dig them because they get them more comfortable and they do ask serious questions. Yeah. So I, I like like they had Stone Cold on and they had Gronk. I mean, because Gronk in the corp it compared to the part of my take interviews, two different two, totally conversations. Different yeah. Because yeah. in my opinion, I love A Rod too, but he's got he's a he's got some weird interjections. Like when they yes. had Danica Patrick one. Did you listen to that? I, I didn't, but I what you're saying, I absolutely know it's interesting. We all have the same reaction to the Conan and the and A Rod. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be like, okay, A Rod's gonna ask his question. He's gonna knock Big Cat off off track. Yeah. You know, and it's kinda but Big Cat's obviously gonna defer to A Rod and right. so then you have this kind of like oh, I was interested in that line but now A Rod came in with something that clearly was like either There's handed to no him or scripted he it off yeah. of and it's just like oh, this just derailed the whole thing and he, it drives me up the fucking wall he was on with Danica Patrick and he kept like weirdly bringing up how hot she was uh, and like her really? and it was Wow, it's very fuck. 2005 of oh, them. That's, 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 yeah. how I, that's how I started my career. Yeah. He would sit there and go, now you got all these business ventures, and you are, let's just say, get the elephant out of the room. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. And it's like kept going. I'm like, this is fucking weird. Did he say how beautiful Francesa was? I didn't no, hear that. I was surprised. I, I didn't I, hear he that missed one out either. there. <laughs> Francesa was good. I listened to that one, too. That was, he's a character. Oh, I love God. the Francesa drops. His pizza review with Francesa Dave, too. Drops when, when Portnoy called into that one. That's so funny. Portnoy called into his show, and he goes, a big fan. I'd love to have you on the pizza review Dave I have no interest in eating pizza yeah, I have no interest <laughs> and the crowd that shows up for the yeah. pizza review yeah, who, else? Who, else? who else oh, it's people? the best so the good man so yeah, good so there's a guy who had to fill what I think he did five and a half hours a I think day? he started at 1.30 to 6 that's or wild that four and a half hours four and a half hours well, it's easy when you're going, uh, just taking uh, phone calls well, is it, uh, which is just like channel, unheard of anymore like to take like God. like for his whatever I don't know whatever it, it, people perceive our show to be popular so therefore okay fine we'll operate off the premise that there's a following 
for as much of a following as the show has, and we'll get hundreds of texts, mm-hmm. hundreds of texts a show, probably in the 1,000 to 1,200 range. We'll get like two phone calls, and it's Mike Lee yeah. and like Larry. You know, <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> that's right, it. Seven right. Mike Lees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Seven different lines, and it's just like I mean, the phone call thing is just you know, it's not. But Francesco, and you're just opening yourself up to <laughs> oh, like yeah. any asshole. And he's so serious. Yeah, he's exactly. Serious sports too. You know? Oh, like, it was the best. God, I love those things. Yeah, those, just, uh, I'm missing Pete, those things. Pete in Staten Island, <laughs> and then he comes in and goes, "Hey, Mike, I want to slap your big butt cheeks." You know? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how to react. It's so funny, man. Uh, it's so Oh, good. God. Oh, All right, Tim, one more. I'll get you out of here, man. Uh, just curious, you know, with Inside STL, uh, just just how good you guys have done so far. What do you want to do in the future? I mean, I don't know if you want to put out everything out there in front of the curtain, but some ideas maybe the audience might be asking is what's your next step? You know, honestly, there are a few things going on right now, and I honestly have no idea where they're going to go. I, I This past week was one of the strangest weeks of my career in that I had four of the five days I was interviewing family members like uh-huh. right after the show and then it would go into you know business discussions and just coming home and you know uh Anna Marie's never been like that I'll have dinner on the table yeah. taking yeah. care of the kid like this is like the opening scene of the Godfather you know with De Niro <laughs> and his wife in right. 1920s New York but that's kind of what it was because I just I came and I would be fried by seven o'clock because it was just non-stop yeah um but it's all in the interests of, of building and uh, and seeing opportunity. You don't just build just for the sake of building because then you're probably going to lose. But I see a couple of different opportunities, and but it's got to be right. And uh, and that just is, for whatever reason, I can't just sit back. I wish I could. I'm kind of envious of those who can um, and just kind of enjoy mm-hmm. what I have. I mean, I'm under contract for two more years. Mm-hmm. And you can just, I mean, my contract says do 7 to 10 and do the podcast. And, and that's all. I, but I just, it's... You know, I'm just not wired that way. I wish I was because then I would just sit back and, you know, relax and probably go to spring training again and hang out and mm-hmm. screw off and then yeah. come back and then play golf. But, um, you know, when I left KMOV, at first all I was doing was playing golf and poker back then. And then it got after, and people were like, oh my God, you're 26 or seven and you're kind of like, you know, all you have to do is work three hours and you're making what you're making. It's gotta be the greatest thing in the world. I'm like, it sounds like that. And it was, I mm-hmm. guess, in one sense, but you're 26, you're 27, and you're only working three hours, but it's not like your friends are only working three hours, so you're just kind of like right. sitting there, yeah. right. and it Bored. sounds great. Mm-hmm. And I remember Edmund saying this, um, and it was kind of poignant, which I know is never his intent when he talks, but it was, it was intentionally, I think, to kind of give perspective, which was... Um, you know, people think it's so great to retire in your late 30s. And, and of course, the, the element of having more money than most people ever even come close to earning is, is a wonderful thing. He goes, but it can be a little depressing because you're still like in your prime, you know, but yeah. you are but you don't really know what to do, have mm-hmm. anything to do, and you can get bored. And um, you probably wouldn't have been in Nick when we interviewed Mulder because that was a phone interview. Nah. But I remember talking to him, and he's just like, yeah, I'm just hanging out the house. I always watch The Price is Right. And, Crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of bored, but I'll eventually go out and I'll hit some balls, you know. And it's just kind of like, it's in, it sounds great if you're like in, in a theory. vacuum, but then you take right. a step back and you're like, clearly this guy, and I don't know how Mulder is, probably 41 or something, just like, ah, I don't know what to do. Kids are at school. I don't know really what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird thing. And so my nature you know i don't know i don't know if it's a good or bad thing i just know it's, it is who i am yeah. just to if i see an opportunity to build on it and then it consumes me 
You know, it's my personality. I was obsessed with poker, just convinced I could yeah. win the World Series of poker, which I guess theoretically I could have, although it's incredibly unlikely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it became, for whatever reason, golf. And and I got to a point where I guess I got down to like a six handicap. But I remember seeing Andy Van Slyke. He's over at Gold's Gym, and you know he's Mr. Nutrigenics now. So it's a, that's a that's a different. <laughs> we're working off different weights when we're next to each other, as you might imagine. And uh, and I go, can you even play golf anymore when you're built like? And he's sixty too, mm-hmm. and he's built like that. And he goes, no, but I don't really care. I'm like, okay. And he goes, well, I mean, I retired and I wanted to play golf and I'd never really played before. And I decided, okay, I'm going to become club champion. And I won club champion. I got down to scratch and then I'm like, okay, I did that. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah right. it's like he can identify because of right. his genetics, what he's going to do. And, he's, and then it kind of put it in perspective. I'm like, yeah, what am I, what am I working toward mm-hmm. here? Like, even if I did win the club champ, like, what the fuck? Yeah, I get, like, $200 in shop credit? Yeah. Like, who right. cares? Right. You know, so that kind of gave me the perspective of, okay, why don't I build business, you know, that benefits my wife and my family mm-hmm. as opposed to just, like, obsess over hitting a 7-iron 175 <laughs> right. yards with right. a gentle draw. I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know, because you're wasting time. Yeah. That's what I would say to you boys. You know, you don't know it until you kind of, I mean, and I'm quote unquote only 43 but then you know it does you'll eventually hear I'm taking the under on your five years on when you have kids I mean if I can bet everything on that I'll bet it all in the wife wife more than me it doesn't matter I'm all in on it it's gonna happen Um, but that like especially when I had my son that's when it like kind of clicks maybe that's why when I turned 40 I'm like yeah who cares I'm in good shape I get to screw off I go to Las mm-hmm. Vegas and yeah. spring training and it's the greatest I don't know why you know, like Anna Maria look at guys who graduated with me from St. Louis U High on Facebook that guy was in your class because he looks like he's just had the world just beat the fuck yeah. out of him yeah sure you know but that guy probably had kids when he was 23 mm-hmm. and yep. has just been you know grinding forever and he's and it's a different deal but it, it is weird how it and it happens so quickly where you feel like, which you should right now at 25, like you have it all in front of you, because mm-hmm. you do. But it's weird how all of a sudden you go, oh shit, like I, like I remember in 2009 or 2008 even, Nick, I'm going, God, it's been 10 years since I first anchored yeah. at KOMU. Yeah. I'm like, that feels like just yesterday. Yeah. And now it's been, right? it'll be <laughs> 20 years in like four weeks since I was hired at KMOV. 20 years 20 years i I think it's weird i was talking to to steeples and he was they're talking about DeSmet putting in a a new turf field and i'm like they just put one when i was a sophomore in high school and he's like yeah that was 10 years ago and i'm like jesus yeah didn't that mess you up we had our 25th high school reunion and i'm just like like, you look at the guys and i'm sure as you do right now the mm -hmm. guys who are the 25th reunion like they're like going their way in their coffins you know and then you just go fuck it moves and so as you and I remember a guy in Little Rock, the main news anchor, saying this to me. That was my first TV job. Saying, anytime you get a chance to get money or time, choose time. And I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck that. Why yeah. would I want right. money? I mean, I'm I got plenty like, of time. Hardly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now, and not that I'm saying that now necessarily, but you do have an appreciation. Like it's like there's these two running balances, and we're all aware. At least most of us are aware of what our in our checking account or savings account or whatever investment accounts. But nobody's really cognizant that every passing day, that day is decreasing your account. And there's nothing you can do about that decreasing, which is why we've always, not always, but the last couple of years gone to spring training. Because it's like, yeah, we won't always be able to do this. And people, I think, save and they go, okay, well, I'm in my 60s, you know, or 70s. I'll want to make sure I have enough save so I can do it. And it's kind of like, well, you don't know that you're going to get there. Right. You don't know what condition you'll be when you get there. Mm-hmm. You might not feel like doing it then. So if you can do it, again, this isn't always an all-in 
thought process. But when you have opportunity, take it and don't just assume. I'll tell you this. Regret the things that you did, not the things that you didn't do. That I really do ascribe to that. Uh, and it's not, it's, again, it's not a blanket policy. But, you know, take shots. You know, take shots. And if you lose, then fine. Fuck it. But at least you played the hand. Yeah. You know, as opposed to sitting on the sideline with your dick in your hands. You know, questioning what would have yeah. been. Yeah, what would have been. That's, have a tough, that's a tough way to go, uh, man. Yeah. So that's that's the way I'm wired, which again, be a lot easier. I think I'd think I'd sleep easier and not be as fucking nuts as I am if I if I could just enjoy things. Yeah. But I'm just wired like, oh, here's I think this could be huge, yeah. you know. I'm the same way. I think though. we're I all mean, like with that. Entrepreneurs. Yeah. yeah, well, if you have like, I mean, when he came to me after with, with the whole Bruce on the Balcony stuff, you know, he had his show and then joined, asked me to jump on. I'm like, yeah, you know, we'll do it as a hobby. And then a year goes by and like, I mean, we had had a good year and had fun at it. And it's just like, you know, we're like, are we burnt out at all? No, it's yeah, great. Enjoy. Like, we we want to do more 24 exactly. hours a day if we could. I do the morning after allowed. until I was 80 if yeah. I could. You know, I mean, I love doing, mm -hmm. I love doing, I'm lucky though. You know, there's yeah. an understanding that this is not like whenever that comes to an end, that there'll be another one, right. you know? And I guess it was good that we had those six months or I had those six months in 2007 to go, oh, what we took for granted, which was just sitting down, putting on the headphones and going and it working is not the way that it always works. And yeah. it's a good reminder that, you know, you got something that you're really lucky to have here. Don't take it for granted. Right. Yeah. Because inevitably at some point, it might be in the next few months, might be in 20 years. I don't know. But people go, oh, you had that radio show. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's what it's, it's going to be. Yeah. But you don't think that while it's going on. And so for whatever reason... Uh, there's the presence of mind to go, man, the fact that we've been able to go to spring training and do our yeah. stupid show yeah. from that picnic table <laughs> when we have Question no tie to the organization oh, yeah. and yeah. they let, as a no like rights holder tie to the organization and they let us do that and they like put up with it and we always do shit that where the team's like, who are these guys yep. and who's this little, <laughs> there's always you know, producer yeah, that's Joe running up to us. Yeah. yeah, they're always Lance, really Lance. underweight producers <laughs> running Lance after them. The fuck off. Yeah, so and, and just like, and to think like that one on during the Matheny and La Russa oh, era where those are two serious guys oh, yeah. and they put up with it <laughs> they did yeah you know and the media relations you know put up with it Loosely. and we were able to do that and they pay us to go down to jupiter florida in february and oh, man. so cool yeah, yeah i mean you're just yeah. like you don't that's just not you just don't always get that mm -hmm. you know and it's weird because i've been in the market for 20 years but i'm only 43 which i realized to you guys it's like holy shit he's 43 you're 18 years away from it but god it's like wow, you know, you're not always going to have this, you know? And so you want to seize on opportunity and try and build. Yeah. Um, because there's always the fear that it's going to come to an end. That's what drives me, yeah. you know, which which you guys might be like, dude, you're kind of in a position where you're kind of set. Yeah. But in my mind, it's you like, want more. Yeah. It's not just wanting more, but I want to make sure I take care of that which I can control, right. yeah. you know? So I admire you guys taking a shot and building what you're building. Um, because that's what you got to do in, in 2020. You mm -hmm. have to do that because the days of somebody going, hey, you know, TJ, Nick, here's a three-year deal for, yeah, you, know, you know, take your pick of whatever, and then a 25% increase in year two, and then a, you know, 25% uh, increase in year three, no-cut deal. That's not yeah. the way it works. It doesn't no. happen. These contracts people talk about, which is funny to watch people talk about people's contracts when sometimes they don't even necessarily have them, uh, like Courtney was saying, for example, you know, that she might have a three-year deal. Well, they have her for three years. Yeah, they can. And I'm, this isn't specific to Courtney. I'm using her as an example. But they they can let her go and only pay her 13 weeks. They're revolving contracts for the employee, the on-air. Mm -hmm. 
but for the corporation, they yeah. have them for three years and usually a non-compete afterwards. But because you don't have leverage, you have to go, okay, fine, yeah. fuck it, I'll, I'll do it. it. Because yeah. otherwise I don't get it and they're going to give it to somebody else who will yep, because right. we're all starving for like these one jobs. And that's why building your own thing and owning your own thing, it truly is the move. So you're on the right track. And I tip my cap, especially at 25, for having the uh, the recognition to do it because I'm sure a lot of people who are your peers from school are probably like chasing the guaranteed paycheck. Yep. But inevitably, man, that check doesn't like keep going up no, until you're like making three quarters of a million dollars. Yeah, for sure. And people are realizing that two and three and four years in, and then realizing what did I do? Yeah, yeah. you're stuck, four and then, years, then all of a sudden now you're starting ago. over at like yeah. twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, while your peers in other majors have been accumulating marketable exactly. job skills and experience, and now you're starting from square one. Right. But there's a good chance at that point, as you are, you're married or you have kids, and now you're starting back at square one, and you're competing against the students who yeah. have graduated or may have grad degrees. And that's why this thing, it's like, it's great if it works. And me and Doug and the cat, for as much as we kind of shit on it, realize it worked and we were very lucky. Mm -hmm. But we also, that's why we say to people, be careful because it can be brutal in the sense that you can get whacked whenever and then it's, and then if like the other station in town won't hire you, then where are you gonna go? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And are you gonna leave town? Are you gonna start in a totally new profession? Mm -hmm. And it's tough, man. Yeah. And that's, that's why you get that's have. the thing I feel like they should tell yeah. students. I feel like they I feel like there's I feel like it's almost an ethical or moral obligation to say, Hey, listen, all of this nat sound pop shit's important. You know? <laughs> really? And, and, you know, well, and learning how to edit's important. Oh, yeah. However, here's the advertising element and here's the career element and here's the pyramid mm -hmm. and all of us are getting to play the game here at the base of the pyramid but within five years maybe a tenth of you will still be able to play the game yeah, yeah. and then in 20 years 0.05 percent of you will be able to play the game and some of you might want to play the game but they're not going to pay you enough to play the it's game. it's all going to be phased out and something else is going to be going exactly on. Yeah, so it's always to changing too, exactly you know yeah. and that's yeah. the thing and so that's why when somebody especially in your you know age range uh start something up i just have a great deal of respect for because i know it's not easy because yeah. i've started things yeah. up and it's not easy and it doesn't always work but you're taking your shot mm. so i tip my cap boys i appreciate it sir. yeah thank Absolutely. you very much well thanks for joining yeah, us of course. it's been a great conversation hopefully we my didn't pleasure. keep you too long no it's anything, totally so. fine it's totally awesome. fine i've enjoyed talking with you awesome man appreciate it Hey guys, thanks for listening to our conversation with Tim McKernan of InsideSTL.com. Be sure to go like our page over on social media at Balcony Brews Pod and tune in to all the other shows on Brews on the Balcony Network throughout the week. Brews on the Balcony, Monday and Friday. Biz on the Balcony usually airs on Tuesdays. Bras on the Balcony on Wednesdays and the football show with Zach Zook on Thursdays. We'll talk to you guys soon.